I'm Brian, a Suns fan since 1983, and you're listening to the Suns Solar Panel Podcast. My name is Tim Tompkins, joined as always by Mr. Greg Esposito. Ahoy, boy. And Dave King. That's it? That's all you're going to say? It's just my name? Uh, managing editor, bright side of the sun, <laughs> bright side of the sun.com. You know it. I don't get anything other than my name. Why do you? Why do you deserve more than that? Yeah. He, he gets he gets Mister. Although I do notice, uh, Greg, in the background, you now have an at Espo huh. sign. I, I figured. Uh, no, I actually tried to have that say Kaminsky Cove and run out of letters. So my daughter was like, "Let's let's spell our last name." And I was like, "I don't have enough letters for that either." So, but maybe this will change week to week, and maybe it'll be. Uh, Something making fun of Dave next week. I don't know. I just thought something that's different fine. in the background would be good. As long as it's about yeah. me, that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, we we've we know that you, we have to give you a long title, and I get Espo, and then I just uh-huh. say ahoy hoy. But I, you could say Espo, uh, who the internet hates. I mean, that's always something you can say as well. Too, it, so. The whole the whole internet doesn't hate you. Just Suns Twitter, Suns Reddit, uh, Suns Facebook. Only doesn't. some of them. I mean, yeah, yeah, only some. Let's not overgeneralize. The, the internet hates in general, though. It's not just me. So. <laughs> I feel all right. I'm in good company. So, oh, the, oh, the, the really, really excited <laughs> about today's show, guys, because we have so much content, actually more content than we've had for like a single show in a while. Um, so we'll kind of we'll get going into it, uh, starting this off, as always, uh, a look out at the West. The Sun's actually coming up with a really big win against the Spurs this weekend, which is really awesome to see. I had no idea that the Suns hadn't beaten the Spurs um, in San Antonio since 2013. That is wild. I didn't I didn't know that, too, until that recent. <laughs> I, I didn't realize it, too, until they mentioned it like. 70 times last night and then i it was hammered home so at least on the radio broadcast <laughs> shout out to our TV. good friend john bloom so tv was the same <laughs> no change there uh so the suns have now matched their uh total wins of um last season they're 19 and 26 they are 10th in the west they're two games back of the eighth seed which is currently held by the memphis grizzlies as of the time of recording this podcast and they're a half game back um, or half game up on the Blazers, I should say. They're five and five over the last ten. Um, clearly not a race for the seventh seed at this point, with OKC having a six-game six advantage. Uh, four to five teams are in contention right now for the eighth seed. The Suns, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, the Blazers, the Pelicans. You might be able to uh, to to throw the Kings in there if you wanted to. So you know, possibly six teams, but um, it's a it's a big race right now. It's nice, right? Even oh. the Kings don't want to put themselves into that race these days. I mean, they're just, they're all just so frustrated with each other and with, with, uh, that's a tough situation to be in right now with the Kings. And, and I really think if we can talk for just a second about the Kings, they were the Cinderella team last year, the young team focused on their, you know, building their core around De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. And they were the up and coming and they were supposed to be a playoff contender this year. I really, we got to make sure the Suns have to make sure they don't become the Kings of next year, no matter how this season finishes. If they finish with 32 wins, 34 wins, whatever it is, um, the Suns have to know and have to do things that are going to build 
up to next year. Now, what did the Kings do in the offseason? They fired and replaced their coach. And they they signed a bunch of veterans who don't really fit their their scheme, their mold. So what uh, what the Suns have to do is avoid anything knee jerk like that to try to to try to do the, you know, hey, get the veterans to bolster the young guys and get a coach who we like better. No, let's just more of the same. Run it back with uh, I mean, some changes, obviously, on the roster. Like I've, I've pointed out several times, rosters turn over every summer. But the thing is. You've got to bring in guys who complement the style, not guys who uh, who don't. And the, the Kings did that. They messed up, and now they hate themselves. Hey, the Sun, so we got to make sure the Suns don't do that. The Suns of last year are the Kings of this year, if that makes sense. Uh, the, um, they did, yeah, they, but they, they're not coming off a 31-9 win season. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, they... Actually, you know what? Maybe, this, maybe the Kings of this year are more like the Suns of... 2014, 15. Oh, maybe. Or 15-16. But I just look at you sign Trevor Reese and everything goes to shit. That seems to be what uh, <laughs> seems to be a yeah, pattern. Yeah, so, so we don't have to worry about Portland making the playoffs. Then is that so, what you're saying? Yeah, the the, the second Stotts goes. Hey, hey, I think we should. Uh, how, how do you think about the bench, Trevor? And then, uh, or if they don't have a private chef, and then everything's just not going to go. Well, well he's going to he's going to have a, a couple of good games, and then he's going to disappear. Uh, they had so 22 points in his uh, in his debut. Yeah, he, yeah. He, there we go. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. That's what Trevor Ariza does. He cares for a half a minute and then realizes there's no private shelf. Although in Portland, they do give beer in the media uh, room after games, local cra- handcrafted beer. So there is that <laughs> for the for the Portland Trailblazers. Fun fact. Yeah, in in the media room, they uh, at least. Uh, a handful of years ago when I was there, they had a, basically a kegerator with local beer that you got after the game for the media. But don't the, don't the Suns give out like <clears throat> um, uh, pasta with like red sauce? No, they tell you get the hell out of the media room after the game. No, I'm no just the Suns I'm will sell you pasta with red sauce. <laughs> they give you little tiny things of water. And they give you popcorn <laughs> at halftime, to be fair. Oh, you know, you're right, you're right. Popcorn, cookies, and fruit at halftime. No, Absolutely. that's just that's just so you'll buy soda. You know, it's it's the same concept as no, like. No, they'll give you soda too. They won't give you a hard time if you take soda. Soda's fine, water's fine, uh, and then popcorn. Yes, popcorn yeah. at halftime. Tim, or Tim, uh, we've just gotten Dave banned from uh, from being in the media room anymore. <laughs> All right, well let's uh, let's 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 move on <laughs> yeah, because uh, Greg, you were saying something uh, before we went on air uh, that I kind of wanted to address. Uh, you were talking about one of these teams needs to just take reign of the eighth spot so that we can stop kidding ourselves. Can you kind of... Thank uh, you. There was a reason I said that off the air and not in the show. Uh, thank you. No, my, my simple point is if the Suns aren't going to be the team to, to take that eighth spot, I part of me wishes one of these teams would, would kind of run away with it so we could focus again on the fact that even if this Suns team doesn't get that eighth slot and they win 32, 35 games, this is actually a win this season because it's where we kind of expected or hoped this season would be. We hoped they would get there. It's a huge improvement. I mean, they won their 19th game on Friday night. Uh, I believe it was the 65th game of the year. Last year, they won their 19th game in the 80th game of the year, right? We, I'm just... It's not even that much. Greg, come on. It's like 45 games. Excuse me, 45. You're right. Jesus. I, yeah, I'm I'm trying to screw them out of looking good, you know? (laughs) So, I, you know... 
my my whole point is just the perspective of it. I I just wish there was some perspective to to this because I feel like if they miss getting this eighth seed, everybody's going to act like this was just a total waste uh, of a season. And I just I it was more of a I I just wish Suns fans would stop flogging themselves. Right? Yeah, like Greg, you're still full of crap. What? Well, how the hell? Why the hell are you trying to get our team not to be in contention oh, for a playoff nah, spot? That's not every what I game said, needs to, Greg. Every game needs to mean something. <laughs> the Suns have to learn. These young Suns have to learn how to win games. They have to learn learn how to win important games, not games when they're ten games behind the eighth seed. No, they've got to learn how to win important games when they matter, so that a year from now they can be even better at it. Dave, no, ignorant slut. Now you, I let you talk for a little while, Greg, and you're just so full of crap. I need to clear out the. I need to clear out the outhouse here. Screw both all of right? you. All right, this was a setup. This was not a setup. This is you going on your rant. You insisted on going on this rant, and then we're just going to slam dunk it. So come on, the sun. Every game needs to matter. Devin Booker needs to know how to help finish out these games. Kelly Oubre needs to know how to finish out these games. Mikel Bridges, their their closing lineup, the one that's proving to be successful, is almost all twenty four and unders. And Kelly Oubre just turned twenty four. This is a this is a this is a team that's going to be together. These core people are going to be together, unless the Suns make a big trade. If the Suns make a big trade, whatever. But these core people are going to be together, and they can be very successful if they learn how to do it right and do it well. And they have to have meaningful games. If they're suddenly 10 games back, then it's all just for pride, and that's bullshit. So, no, Greg, I don't hope somebody runs away with it on the eighth seed so we can start licking our wounds and smiling to each other and patting each other on the back. I want the Suns to actually fight for every game, and I want us to be pissed when they lose, and I want us to be happy when they win. You, you know, uh, you know what I want? Hold on, hold I want them to make on. the damn playoffs. I'm not uh-huh. saying I don't want them to not make the playoffs. I'm okay with them finishing ninth or 10th. <laughs> I think that's more important than my little ability to lick my wounds. No, I want I want them to finish so, ninth or 10th. So th- I want them to finish 8th. Oh, I want them to finish 11th. I don't want them to finish 14th. Can, can I add on? Sure. Um, I, I would also like to say that this is the first time in Devin Booker's career that he is playing games that mean something. And I think that is incredibly important if we want to keep him in Phoenix. And then just from a uh, personal note, this is the first time um, in a very long time that I have not once looked at Tankathon at, at this point in the season for the Suns. And th- that's really nice. Well, it's really, really helpful that there isn't a great looking draft pick coming out or a couple of, a couple of guys that were, that everyone's like, Ooh, we need to tank for them. That's that is very helpful. I agree with that. There are going to be very good players in the draft this next year. They're going to be relatively just as good. There's going to be some diamonds that are going to be found in the teens. And that's where I hope the Suns are drafting. I know Greg wants the Suns to draft another top five pick because they're so good at it. And that's Greg's. That's Greg's point. Oh, tank for a draft pick. Here we go. <laughs> I, no, that wasn't his point. Oh, <laughs> you guys are such assholes. I didn't even <laughs> want to talk about this. I made an offhand comment, and you throw me throw me in the deep end on the show. You uh, drove the freaking bus. No, that you're I didn't. Driving not. yourself over. Do, yes. Is, I, I do you want me to blow up the schedule because I got to. I got something that ties into this. That you drove. That, that, you drove the bus. You stopped. Oh it. no. 
M took the wheel and you laid down in front of I him. I made That's an offhanded did. comment before it wasn't on the on the show schedule and Tim went, Hey, let's see what Greg does if we throw him in the deep end of the pool and Dave went, and then we bludgeon him. <laughs> So, so Greg, no, did no, I? No, not bludgeoning. You just hold you under. That's all. Did I? Did I hear you right that you had a segue? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's. I actually have. When looking at this, all right, that we fit in. I get that that we want Devin Booker to be playing important games. We want Devin Booker to be in a playoff race, right? And and it, yeah. it segues me to minority owner uh, new minor- minority owner Larry Fitzgerald who invested in the club earlier this week uh, there's been a lot of talk about how great this is for Devin Booker that now he's got this mentor this guy who's been in Phoenix his whole career he can learn from him this is good for the Suns and I don't disagree with with any of that I think it is good to have a guy like Larry Fitzgerald uh, with the Phoenix Suns. But I think the most important lesson that can be learned and what Larry can offer this franchise most is going to Robert Sarver and saying, do not waste Devin Booker's prime of his career the way the Arizona Cardinals wasted mine. Larry Fitzgerald has played in the NFL for 17 years, right? He is arguably the greatest Cardinal of all time, and arguably, and not arguably, he is one of the greatest wide receivers ever to play the game. And you know how many times Larry Fitzgerald has made the playoffs as an Arizona Cardinal? Four. Four years. He made it in 2008-2009 and then 14-15, right? This guy has has wasted what should should be an unbelievable career and still is numbers-wise with quarterbacks who couldn't get him the damn ball, right? They they wasted it. They they basically you went to see the Irishman and instead you got the Lucky Charms leprechaun for three hours when you look at the Arizona Cardinals quarterbacks, right? That's, I'd rather that, watch the Lucky Charms well, <laughs> But the point being, you thought you were you, if you got something even marginally good, you would have seen Larry Fitzgerald probably already surpass the numbers Jerry Rice has put up. Now you look at the Suns situation and Devin Booker can very easily become the greatest Phoenix Sun of all time. And I'm not talking in hyperbole. Look at the numbers he's put up. And if he has the longevity here, which not many players have, Alvin Adams was one of the few that spent his entire career with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, You look at it, Walter Davis spent uh, most of his career here, and that's why he's towards the top of this. But I think if Devin Booker is here, uh, and he's the star that he, he appears to be, he's going to become the greatest Phoenix Sun of all time if he stays, right? But if you make the same mistake that the Cardinals and the Bidwills made with Larry Fitzgerald and you waste this guy's prime, it is going to be the biggest what-if in franchise history for a franchise that is foundation. The foundation of the franchise is a bunch of what-ifs, right? 52 years without a championship, you have the opportunity to have a home-raised superstar in Devin Booker and you have already wasted those first five years. I'm at a point where, and I know I had said last show that I kept vacillating back and forth, If you have the opportunity to go all in and get somebody that can help Devin Booker win, you do that at this trade deadline. You do whatever it takes to put pieces around this guy. He is doing things we have not seen in a Phoenix Suns uniform, and if you waste that prime like the Cardinals did with Larry Fitzgerald, you're going to look back and go, you wasted your best opportunity ever at a championship. So, 
go all in at the deadline if somebody's available or this offseason. But right now the bench is is putrid. You can't you can't expect this guy to carry everything, and and it depends on the night which starter he's getting help from. Give Devin Booker help, and if I'm Larry Fitzgerald and I just invested my hard-earned money and I'm buddies with Robert Sarver, I go to him and go, just look at my career. That's all you need to know. You get this young man help now. It's the best thing you'll ever do. All right. Well, once again, you're such an idiot. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you going on that rant, though, and and you're and you made a lot of really good points. But here's a couple of points I'm going to take away from Larry Fitzgerald being a part owner of the Suns. Hopefully, he can actually convince Devin Booker to stay and not ask for a trade the entire time, like Larry did. Um, I want him to have when a. When did Larry ask career. for a trade? I know he didn't. That's oh, what I okay. mean. Yeah, gotcha. To convince Devin Booker not to ever ask for a trade because Larry never asked for a trade, and Larry's the perfect example of a long-suffering Arizona sports. Um, God, uh, who stayed and never wanted to leave. Um, so first of all, establish that the dude's going to stay. That's the key. Make sure Devin Booker doesn't want to go anywhere. And he's got, he's got role models that never wanted to go anywhere either that could have in today's NBA. It's like, it's one thing to say Alvin Adams stayed with the Suns his whole career. Well, Alvin Adams was a player before free agency. Well, and uh, he wasn't a star to be fair. Oh, he a was su- he wasn't a superstar. He, he was he, he was wasn't a he was like star. the he was like the small ver- the mini Nikola Jokic. I mean, the guy could do everything except he didn't look like he just came out of the meat market, you know, cutting up uh, chickens or something. So Alvin Adams was a great player back in his day. He didn't get a lot of exposure because nobody in the NBA did. Um, and he stayed, but that was a whole different era. And now Larry is in that same player movement era that Devin Booker is. And so I really hope Larry at least gives Devin Booker the present, the patience and the presence of mind to stay with the Suns regardless and never ask for a trade, never, never uh, give the organization the hint that they're on a clock and that they have to act. Only a few front offices, only a few general managers in history can make something happen when they're under the gun. David Griffin is one example. He made he made the finals happen for LeBron by putting the right guys around him for a few years. And and but unfortunately the Suns burned that bridge a long time ago and wouldn't bring him back anyway, even if they could. Um, but what I guess the first thing is Larry should convince Devin to never want to leave. And the second thing is exactly what you said, Greg. Make it count, make it worth it. More than half the teams in this league make the playoffs every year. It's not hard to get the Suns into a position to be a perennial playoff contender. You just got to know how to put a team together, and I really believe James Jones can do that. But the reason I'm gonna I'm saying it's ridiculous your take is that they don't have to do it in the next two weeks. They do have to do it in the next year. They do have to do it in the next two years at the most. The Suns have to be on an upward trajectory. They have to be going closer and closer to the playoffs and then actually get into the playoffs. Uh, But they don't have to do everything right now because then you make mistakes. And bad front offices, which is 90% of the front offices in this this, uh, sports industry period, they'll make a mistake. They'll give up the wrong guys. They'll acquire the wrong guys. And it's just a more churn. I really think the Suns need to need to uh, make some moves on the edges. It sure would be nice if three of their bench players would actually get healthy again 
And what I think is funny is people want to trade Aaron Baines for a bench player who can produce. Well, Aaron Baines is a bench player who can produce. (laughs) He just needs to get fucking healthy. I mean, don't trade a dude who's injured right now and not playing to get someone who can play. Just get Aaron Baines back playing. Dave, Dave, let's uh, save that for the the trade segment of the show, shall we? My my simple point was... If the opportunity presents itself, you have to make a move to help Devin Booker now. And I think you're completely wrong that Larry Fitzgerald should sit there and and try to convince Devin Booker that regardless of what happens, you should stay. If Larry, Larry is a smart, well, but you just you said the first thing he needs to do is convince Devin Booker to stay long term. If Larry, yes. if Larry Fitzgerald is a smart investor, the first thing he convinces uh, convinces him of uh, convinces Devin Booker of is that he should leverage his stardom and his opportunity to put the Sarver in the front office in a position where they feel like they need to add pieces around him because they if if he's passive he doesn't do that and they they try but he needs to apply pressure because this team needs to find a way to accelerate their growth and put Devin Booker in that position to be in the playoffs as soon as possible because we are seeing him enter into that prime. What he is doing in this streak with this efficiency and, and having 30 points in 12 of the last 16 games, I believe it is, I, you know, he is doing things that we have never seen in a Phoenix Suns uniform. He has taken that step from star to borderline superstar and if they're, they need to find a way to put pieces around him to support this. Otherwise, it is going to be one of the most disappointing things we look back at in Suns history. I don't look. I don't want my take to be misconstrued. I'm not saying the Suns should not put pieces around Booker. I'm not saying the Suns should stay at a 25 win pace for Booker's career. I never ever said that. All I said was they don't have to make go crazy and potentially make mistakes. That's what I'm saying. Do it smart. Do it right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, what I don't I, think anyone thought you said that, though. Dave. No. What What I heard was you, you said Larry Fitzgerald to tell him to just sit there passively and let him only make the playoffs four of 17 years in his career. I did not I say that. Just kidding. Um, Devin Booker did make a comment that uh, he always looked up to uh, Larry Fitzgerald. He mentioned Kobe. He mentioned Dirk as how rare it is for a superstar to or for a star or, you know, whoever to stay with the team their entire uh, careers. And I did think that that comment was encouraging. He's also said similar things over the years consistently every time fans start saying that he should be asking for a trade. And I'm sick of our own fans saying that our best player should want to be traded when, why don't we leave it up to him? That's all I'm trying to get Mm -hmm. at. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And it's ridiculous that, that anybody should say, I I do not like the fans that are just like, fine, he should just ask for a trade. Like they're never going to, I'm not saying, I'm saying he should leverage his stardom like many others have to get other people here. If there's a hesitation for some reason to not make moves to do that, just be, and he does not seem like a guy that's just going to be all right with the status quo, but he also doesn't seem like a guy that's going to screw over a franchise in a city that he seems to have a connection to. So, 
so I think I just don't want to see this play out the same way Larry Fitzgerald's career is. Because if Larry had quarterbacks who could throw to him for his entire career, he's the greatest receiver of all time. And Devin has a chance to be the greatest son of all time and in the conversation for one of the uh, one of the top shooting guards if you put him in a situation to succeed. He's done amazing things already. Um, can we uh, can we take a few minutes to talk about some of the listeners and watchers on uh, YouTube? Hey, you're Absolutely. driving you're driving the car. We we just follow you. Well, Greg, Greg takes the car off let's, the rails. But let's go be ahead, honest. Tim. Let's be honest. This this is Waymo. This thing drives itself. All right. Uh, I, I I think that a uh, point was just proven right there. All right, guys. Uh, so I do want to thank uh, Rip ninety three Ford as well as Phasecast, both who uh, donated right now on the YouTube chat. Thank you guys hey. so much for that. Phase cast. Yeah, and uh, we do have two listener questions that we got in on Twitter that I want to talk about very briefly because we got a ton of content we got to get to. But the first one is coming from Justin Gasman. He said, uh, "Hey guys, love the show. I gave you a five star review for surviving Woo-hoo! the great um, uh, Phoenix podcast Twitter wars last week because." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's, he's, he's been a longtime listener and he's never asked a question, but this topic of Ubre versus Bridges has him genuinely confused on why he seems to be the only one who likes Ubre more than Bridges. He said he understands that Bridges does more than what the box score can show on defense, but he just doesn't understand how he can show absolutely no improvement on offense from year one to two. By the way, first off, guys, congratulations for putting forth maximum effort in that Twitter war. I really appreciate it. Uh, yep. Both of you guys. It was good stuff. Uh, <laughs> new just, rule, we never mention anybody I, that's involved with say, anything on the internet again as well. Yeah, so. can I just say for the record, I am not interested in any kind of wars or competition. I just have a difference of opinion sometimes with people um, on their takes on the Suns. I don't have any personal opinions about people and I'm not trying to have one podcast be better than another. I think all the podcasts are equally great. Or equally bad because we have to talk about the Suns most of the time. So well, I just want, it's, it's I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking for an anch- Anchorman style battle at some point, but that's just because I love that movie. Anyway, so back to the question. Uh, thanks, thank you for the question, and uh, I think. Uh, uh, for me, I wish you could combine these two guys, right? If you had the passion of Kelly Oubre and the the confidence of Kelly Oubre with some of the intangibles that Mikhail Bridges has, you would have a complete player. Uh, I love the energy that, that, that Kelly brings uh, to the floor. Hit, uh, a play by him, uh, one of those emphatic dunks or something, can shift the entire... Uh, just the, the entire makeup of a game emotionally. Uh, but then he has lapses as well in judgment. And, and what what you see with Bridges is a lot of guys love the intangibles, the little things. These uh, And when you get into the deep analytics, he looks like a better player on the court a lot of, a lot of times. But yeah, his offense leaves a lot to desire. We saw what he's poten- the potential he has when, when he hit uh, that myriad of threes the other night, I believe it was six of them, uh, and had 26 points. I mean, the, 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 the kid has that ability but we don't see it consistently. So, and that's the problem with both of these guys. There's consistency issues when it comes to both of them, and and that's uh, that's that's the problem for me with with it. Neither is perfect right now. And yeah. if if you're looking for offense, Kelly's the guy. If you're looking for for defense in a lot of ways and those little things, it's probably Bridges as well. I love 
Bridges' game. Like, I I really, really appreciate Bridges' game. I do wish he would step it up a little bit, score a little bit more, uh, realize some of his natural abilities. But he makes the right move basically all of the time. I mean, I just, uh, sure, he could take a few more shots and not pass it so much, but um, uh, I really like Bridges' game. He makes the right moves when the ball's not in his hands. Even when the ball is in his hands. Sometimes he, he passes at the right time, yes, when he should be shooting. Let me ask you guys a question, though, uh, because I've been thinking about this a lot. Long-term crystal ball in your hand, which I know you guys have. Um, figurative my balls gun are not tier. in my hands, all right? Uh, figurative. Here, wait, let me, let me, okay, I'm ready. Jesus, okay, balls Figured, figurative gun to your head. Would you rather have Cam Johnson or Mikael Bridges for the next eight years? Mikael Bridges in a heartbeat. Really? Yes. I hate these. I hate these choices. I know what you're trying to do, Tim. I'm not, uh, I, but I, I hate it. How about it we have lot. both? How about well, let's just have both? No, look, I, it's, a, it's, it's a 15 minute roster. I can find another shooter. We have all three of Ubre Bridges and Cam Johnson, and we become a better team. Hey, because it's, it's not as fun. I've, I personally thought about it. I'm like, if I could only have one of these guys, uh, which one would I have? And I'm not trying to bait you into anything or having to say something that you don't want to say in the podcast. It's not about that. I just thought, eh, it's kind of a fun. No, look, no. I, to me, if you're looking, Cam Johnson is a shooter. That's what Cam Johnson's going to be. And I think it's easier to find a shooter than a, a guy that has so many intangibles and the potential that Bridges has. It, <laughs> Have you looked at this Suns team? It is not easy I to find a shooter. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean they made the effort to find shooters. They ha- yeah, hey, they did. They, no, they didn't because they let Kyle Korver go for absolutely nothing. And that guy can shoot. Uh, that guy, I, I think, I think uh, Cam Johnson, if he turns into his potential, not just can he be a shooter, he can be like a difference-making shooter. I, I right. don't. Here's the thing. Cam, they're all going to bring something different to a game, and that's why I want to have all three. Um, because they, they do. The Kelly is the, is the emotional energy of a team, and he can make game-changing plays. Mikkel Bridges is going to do all the things that Kelly doesn't. And they're like opposites. If you put them both together, they'd be skinny Draymond. <laughs> and then uh, you throw Cam Johnson in there, and all of a sudden you've got uh, skinny Draymond with a little bit of Steph Curry. It's 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 great, but they're not all the same guy. And if I had to, you know, if I was, if I had to choose, like if there was going to be a trade, and one of those guys had to be in it, like the other team said, Dave, take your pick. You give us Bridges, or you give us Cam Johnson. If that's what it was, because this was your ask, right? Bridges right. or Cam Johnson. Yeah. If 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 the other team said, "Look, I'll take either one of them as a, as the capper to this trade," you pick. I would give them Cam Johnson because Greg is right. You can more likely find shooters than you can find game changing defensive players who uh, who play like Bridges. Absolutely, but you can't just have a bunch of Bridgeses, or you'll have games that are you'll losing eighty to seventy five, and it's just you just can't do that. Um, so if you had to, if I had to include one of them in a trade and let them flourish somebody else, it'd be, it'd be Cam Johnson going out, but we've only also only seen 30 games of Cam Johnson. We haven't seen the, the full cam, you but know, no one's gone full cam yet, but that the, that's the other problem too, is there's an already, there's an injury history from college with Cam Johnson and then right. hasn't stayed healthy during his rookie season yet, so that's another concern. But really what they should be doing is trading Tyler Johnson for a, a genetic engineer because it sounds like if we combine three players, uh, we, we'd be good to go here in Phoenix. So It, it sure is a, a bummer that Tyler Johnson 
wasn't Tyler Johnson this year. I know Dave keeps harping on it, but it is true. God, oh, that would have been the that would have been so the difference here. Is, right. You would have had yes. your quality backup point the guard. Would and... have, it would, the Suns would be in the eighth spot. They would be in the eighth spot right now if Tyler Johnson had played like Tyler Johnson, or half of Tyler Johnson, or if Just he played play like to Tyler a third Johnson. of if he played to a third of what his contract's worth, we would uh, we'd I mean, be talking about a different if, situation. If if he was playing like Tyler Johnson, uh, even if he was half as good as he was last year, he'd still be twice as good as any of the other backup point guards on the roster, right? That's true. Yes. Yes. Um, so let's talk about uh, Devin Booker, all-star voting. Super brief, but, um, uh, you know, the player rank is in, the media rank is in, um, and it's interesting. Uh, so Devin Booker ended up actually uh, being voted above uh, Donovan Mitchell and uh, player rank at number four, Donovan Mitchell coming in at number six and uh, media rank at number four. Do you guys think this is going to have any impact on Devin Booker making the all-star team by a coach's vote? Zach Lowe does have him in. Not that that matters, um, but I, I found it encouraging. What did you guys think? Yeah. Hey, let me just throw something really quick. Media rank. It actually, if you looked at the actual voting media only actually voted on three guys, that's why everybody's fourth. Because media didn't actually pick anyone but Doncic, Harden, or Lillard. Because media knows that all you're doing is you're voting for starters. So there's no point nominating well, more than more than the two you think should be starters. So it's actually court. a surprise. I know, I know. They, they, they're less... Uh, okay, so all the media was doing is saying who should be the two starters in the backcourt, who should be the three starters in the frontcourt. And media were actually taking it more purely. And there's only three guys they thought were worthy of starting in the all-star game amongst the forwards, there's a lot more discrepancy on who should be starting among the three forward or front court spots. That's why you saw a different range, uh, for, and they go as low as eight, as many as eight guys were nominated at least once to be a starter in the, in the all-star game or no, wait a minute. It might've only gone seven deep and then everybody else was an eight. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. Booker did not come in fourth in media rank. They all came in fourth after the top three. Um, but as far as players, it's always been true that they think players like Devin Booker as a player better than most of the other guards in the league, obviously, as shown here. Uh, and that's always been the case. And hopefully coaches believe the same because uh, I would love to see Devin in the all-star game. And I actually think it, it helps that they have a respected head coach this year and Monty Williams who can actually uh, you know talk to some of his uh, his fellow coaches campaign a little bit and it actually carries a little bit of weight it's not like Igor or Earl Watson going to somebody and going hey yeah this Devin Booker kid should be in the all-star game no this is Monty Williams who who has a uh, who has actually some gravitas with guys and and I think it it is encouraging I'm sorry but that's a disservice player. to put Igor and Earl Watson in the same how about we say it's not like Lindsey Hunter and Earl Watson if I, okay can we say that? Yeah. it's three different tears there right there's Lindsay <laughs> Earl and then Igor right but you know I I didn't think Igor was terrible no it, I didn't like, either that's just, what I'm saying no, no uh, I are, are you guys are you guys surprised that players rank Carmelo Anthony at seventh and Carl oh. Anthony Towns at 13th no because players have an affinity for Carmelo a lot of these guys grew up watching him the younger guys and and you see what he's done in Portland and they they want to celebrate that that does not surprise me in the least actually it does surprise me that Cat is ranked 13th yeah well the Cat part surprised me now also Steph Curry ranked 21st 
first of all, why is he even ranked? I mean, he hasn't played hardly this year. He played that um, one game. It was spectacular. Second, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, second, yeah, no, I wonder what that says about Carl Anthony Towns amongst the players. Yeah, well, they'd be like, I can surprising. score on this dude. And that's what yeah. it is. Like, I can, I can well, take it. Well, no, they picks, can all right? score on Devin, too. Well, yeah, but no. Devin, Devin, Booker, <laughs> uh, Devin Booker one-on-one uh, really has stepped up his defense this year. I they realize need, that yeah, they, they get two or three screens. Someone yeah. actually, let's talk about Devin really quick. Um, they were saying he was getting killed in the uh, San Antonio game last Monday because Bryn Forbes went seven for eight on threes and then uh, Derek White went three for four, th- four for five or something. And they were saying kept Devin Booker was getting murdered. He absolutely was getting murdered, but he's getting murdered by LaMarcus Aldridge on screens. Right. And none of the other sons rotated in to defend Bryn Forbes close enough to force him to not take a shot. They did, sons did a lot better on those rotations on Friday, and that's why Bryn Forbes only made a couple of threes, although he missed a huge one. Thank God he missed toward the end of the game uh, uh, for the Suns' favor on Friday night. But um, the Suns did a better job on the rotations on Friday. So it wasn't it was Devin Booker getting murdered on Monday, but it was being murdered by the screeners so that uh-huh. he couldn't. Trail Brent all the and way And that's around. that's when the big needs to come up too. I, I right, right. That's what I mean. So Aiton or right. some other guy needed to have rotated in. Yes. Right. Look, two um, two thirds of that Spurs lineup, by the way, sounds like it was made up by NBA 2K. Like it was just a bunch of creative players. Bryn Forbes, like they, they, they're guys just missing letters in their first name. You know, it, it, it should be Brian. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so there's a, a comment here on the YouTube chat. Uh, Mr. Uchiano said, how are your guys' opinions more important than players that actually play the game? Um, I don't think what? any of us ever said that. So <laughs> We actually said wait, the, wait, players, wait, I'm sorry. the players voting for Devin is much more important than any of the fan vote. That shows the or, respect that they have for him. Or the media vote. Uh, so I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that we said that, but right, uh, hold on. Now that... we, now you brought up, you, uh, you said players were biased because they looked up to him. I was just saying that players have respect for Carmelo Anthony because they looked up to him growing up and they had respect for his game. That's why they voted for him. The media, uh, is, is the one that's championed, uh, a lot of the hate against Carmelo. And I don't think the players have ever felt it. I don't think there's anything well, wrong with Carmelo's saying that. Game has championed the hate against Carmelo. No, in some ways. I, it, it just hasn't fit. It hasn't fit in, uh, a world that's, that's analytics favored. And, and I get that, but players don't care necessarily about that. They care about, how tough is this guy to go up against? And they have great respect for Carmelo. That was the whole point. But uh, Tim, let me ask you a question. If Carmelo Anthony and Mikel Bridges were both uh, the same age, say 23, okay? So we had the 23-year-old Carmelo and the 23-year-old Mikel Bridges. Who would you take? Um, as Carmelo is playing right now? Um, or sure. Let's do that. Carmelo. Sure, sure, sure. Let's do that. Because I take That's the twenty-three-year-old Carmelo over Mikael Bridges all day, every day. Uh, I think the twenty-three-year-old Carmelo really favorably um, looks like the front court version of Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. I, um, but let's take the thirty, the game of the thirty-five-year-old Carmelo, or whatever age he is. Uh, I would, I would, so you could still right project now, things right. going forward. Um, I would probably take mellow, but that's not saying anything against, um, Mikel. Uh, yeah, Mikel. Cause I got, to, I really like Mikel's game. I'd drive Bridges ass to the airport this second. If I could have, uh, 
a 23 year old version of uh, of Melo, even at even at the way he's playing now. Uh, I'm sorry, you're talking about well, a guy, guy with potential and and a guy that's that's actually doing it right now. So that's not a tough one for me. Um, so moving on, Kevin Zimmerman, uh, he tweeted out that uh, Suns coach Monty Williams told Doug and Wolf that he's thought about swapping Kelly Oubre and Mikel Bridges in the starting lineup to help the bench, but he won't even try it due to all the injuries. Um, those have been restricting in general. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I think that's fair. I mean, right now he can't afford to take any firepower out of out of that starting lineup. I mean, they played seven guys last night, uh, Friday night. Uh, with San Antonio, the rotation was not exactly deep, uh, so you're you're looking at that, and and I get you don't want to do much right now to to screw with uh, with things. So I so I understand that, yeah. but once injuries aren't a uh, uh, aren't an issue, you also have to take into account how would Kelly handle that, right? Uh, and, and I get it. Twitter is not a a great judge of anything, but. Uh, Kelly Oubre deactivated his Twitter account because uh, of criticism that was uh, was happening there, and I just I wonder. Can you confirm that, or is that just that's what he said after practice? So what I heard, what I heard was Kelly uh, deleted his Twitter account because of some racist um, people ganging up. So a bunch of racists jump in there, a small number. I mean, you know, Twitter is it feels like everybody when it's only a couple of people, but. There were some people going at him in a racist way, and he's just like, "I don't need this." I didn't that's realize I it was racist. That's that's a different story. And yeah, and he didn't do it just because people said he couldn't make his shots. He's a little thicker skinned. I heard that. I heard it was criticism, but I didn't hear it was racist. That's a totally, totally well. They were probably uh, criticizing thing. with racist words. Yeah, right. is, is which, my is guess, but, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. These freaking people, um, they they out themselves. But with their, you know, how they handle themselves in, in that kind of situation. Look, here's the thing. And Monty said a couple of different things in that interview. One of the things he said was, because of the injuries, I haven't had much uh, chance to uh, experiment with lineups like this. But he also said something that I've ascribed to the entire time. And not that Monty and I ascribed to the same things because he's much smarter than I am. But what he said was, when you talk about Kelly and Mikel, who should start, who should come off the bench, you're really only talking about the first four to five minutes of the game. There's another 44 minutes in which they both play with the bench, with the starters. They both finish games. That he, he wants both of them on the court um, together. And so you're only talking about would the Suns be that much better off in the first four to five minutes of a game with, with Mikel Bridges in that starting lineup than Kelly Oubre. And that's all he said. And then he went on and said, then there's injuries and stuff like that, so I haven't had time to deal with it. But I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You're only talking about, well, A, you're talking about ego a little bit, and Kelly's been in the league longer and, and wants a starting spot more and all that, and Mikel doesn't really care about the starting spot. But you're also really only talking about the first four or five minutes. And in that first four or five minutes, if you look at the net rating of that five-man unit with Kelly, it's a positive. So you'd have to be guessing to say it would be even more positive if Mikel was in that group. Um, and it would be great if the Suns were up by 10 before they um, uh, did any swapping of starter for bench. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. But you just, you're going against the other NBA best players, best units. And so to expect that they would be even better than a positive net rating in the first four or five minutes is, is probably just you know, wishful thinking. 
Um, so I don't think it makes a difference. I really don't. What I think it, all you got to do is you got to say, who's going to be butt hurt more by not starting? And right now, that's Kelly Oubre. Why? Why not start both of them? At, you know, once and, uh, and then, then trade for some, I think, I trade think for some bench people. Them, yeah, the other team is fresh. They're going to get the rebounds more. You're going to get out rebounded. That's the problem. So if you size, make all your shots great, enough. it's a oh. it's a size issue, and size oh. matters. Yeah. <laughs> it does. That, and I uh, finally understand it, Dave's it, dating it, it, Length life, matters, so. girth matters, it all I, matters. I, uh, no, I mean, Dave is absolutely right. Also, the Suns have been a pretty decent rebounding team um, with, with Sharage uh, uh, and Aiden out there on the court. Um, and, and Sharage is a pretty underrated player for the same reason that Mikel Bridges is a pretty underrated player. He just makes the right move the vast majority of the time. That's fair. Um, Sarich, without Sarich, they don't win the game Friday night against the Spurs. He, he had a game yep. that did a little everything to help them out. Uh, not to mention I, that I love Darius Sarich, and I think he's great as a fourth, fifth, sixth option on a team. Um, I love on this team that he is a starter, um, and because he does do that, he does compliment. I think he compliments Aiden pretty well. Um, so I, I like I like the way that lineup is is playing. Absolutely. Um, moving on to you guys ready for this? I don't know what we're moving on to, but sure. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get ready. Get ready. Uh, you know, it's not like you don't have access to the show notes, uh, and everything guys. The stat um, of the week. The, the stat, of the, stat week? of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Stat yes, of the week. Stat, 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 stat of, 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 of the week, 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 the week, week, week. Look at that. Production right on the spot. <laughs> Uh, credit to Matt Peterson, who I've been doing a lot because that guy just consistently tweets out great right. Suns. Uh, uh, so Matt, let me, let Matt me say is something. awesome. He used to work for the Suns. He used to be uh, the, the Suns guy who wrote on uh, content for the website, and now he works. I think he works at the, with the NBA directly. NBA.com. Yeah, okay. One of the best. He was great. Yeah. One of the one of the best guys. Good good human being, Matty P. Matty, Matt Peterson. So. Matt actually took over for you, didn't he? No, Matt was there with me. He was uh, he was one of my staff members. So, got it, got it, got it. All right. So during the month of January, Devin Booker has 28 clutch clutch points scored for first in the NBA. Basically, clutch Booker's <laughs> clutch points. Booker's been the best in the NBA for a month straight at non garbage buckets. What is clutch? How do they define a clutch point? It is uh, within five minutes uh, of the game, <clears throat> five points. Yeah. Plus gotcha. or minus five points within five minutes. Yeah. I, I thought it was yep. a guy when you scored on a guy that was represented by Clutch Sports. So good to know. <laughs> oh, no, that's the K. That's <laughs> okay. the K. Different Can we clutch. also talk okay. about uh, uh, Clutch Points, the website? Um, can anyone just stop sharing that garbage anywhere? <laughs> I, I mean, for the love of God, stop sharing anything that clutch point clutch points regurgitates and puts online for the sake of everybody please i love how they turn like speculation by a team blogger like me saying that would be a nice thing to do and then they make it reports rumors are that blah blah right. blah is being considered with a with a cool image it is just yeah. like it is the worst <laughs> absolute clickbait garbage uh i i can't believe that it gets shared as hey, much as it does hey there's some friend some of our friends in the uh phoenix sun space that would like to try to steal that mantle so uh just just saying but what the, there's the, a what? Man, the mantle of being a cl- 
clickbait garbage here. Oh, yeah. oh. oh. Let's let's let let's let's let that lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before before we move on to the trade talk, I do want to thank a listener so much, uh, Zach Hensley. Um, he's been listening to the podcast for a long time. He supports the show by doing a monthly donation. And if you feel like you get anything out of the show and you want to support it as well, if you're watching on YouTube right now, there's a support the show button. If you're listening on the podcast in the show notes, there's a support the show button. There's a one, a $5 and a $10 option. If you do the $10 option, I'll personally send you some sun swag and, um, uh, not to divulge too much, but we're actually working on something really cool right now for subscribers that we should have rolled out in a couple of weeks. Oh, now it's a couple of weeks. I got to get to work, guys. Excuse me. I'm gonna... <laughs> hey, I've got uh, just one more qu- uh, quick comment on Devin Booker. We had already talked about him needing to play in meaningful games. We talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, and I think this is just proof here with Devin having the most clutch points scored uh, in the month of January, it just means that the guy lives for this stuff, and and you've got to you've got to give him a chance to play in meaningful games for the rest of the year. He's never been in meaningful games in the second half post post trade deadline. Um, you've got to give him a chance to do this. Well, one one other thing too. Speaking of clutch points and clutch shooting with Devin Booker, I cannot believe in that game Monday night, the the first first game this week that people legitimately hated on Devin Booker for taking that last uh, that three at the end of the game. Like, if he makes it, he's a hero in this town, and yet we hate ourselves so damn much that, we, that they hated on the fact that Devin Booker took the shot. That's the guy you want to take the final shot. I don't care if there's three guys on him. Take the damn shot. It's well, yours. You earned it. I think it's because Aiton was wide open rolling to the rim. <laughs> I... And that was that was only because yeah no Devin... no 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 Aiton was Aiton was wide open at the three point line. If anybody has watched Suns games the rest of this week, you'll know exactly what's going to happen when Aiton catches the ball. He would have caught the ball in between the three point line and the foul line. What do you think Aiton would have done with the clock running out? He would have oh, turned and shot at mid ranger. Best case scenario forces overtime, and Monty said he didn't want overtime because his guys were dog tired because he was down all these players and Kelly had already fouled out. Best case, worst case scenarios, he misses, and people go, why the, Why did our best player pass the ball? People were going to be unhappy if the Suns didn't win that game, period. They, they're especially unhappy with exactly how the Suns didn't win the game, and so they focused their hate on Devin Booker taking a contested three. Fine. If he'd have passed, they'd have hated him for passing. If the guy would have, made, would have missed the shot that he passed to, they'd have hated that, too. So it just there was no win situation when you missed the shot. That's all there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, shout out to Joel Ramirez for uh, donating on the YouTube chat right now. He said, uh, "Kuzma Ubre trade." Who says no? Suns. Yeah, God I, dang it! Right, right now it would be the no Suns for sure. Hey, would I want Kuzma for Kelly Ubre? Good lord! No, does Vanessa Hudgens come to the game though? That's. Uh... Oh, Kelly Oubre's <laughs> got all the women. Who, and if they don't come to the games, then Vanessa Hudgens ain't coming to no game either. If you can't uh, get Kardashian in our stands, then you're not going to get Vanessa Hudgens either. I, I just uh, so we're going to uh, you know trade deadlines coming up. We're going to spend the next ten minutes of the show talking about that, and then we're going to have Espo's Donkey Award. And I got to say, Espo, that after the week we've had, I'm extremely excited uh, to hear who your Donkey Award I, is. I stayed away from la- a lot of landmines. I stayed I away from a lot of landmines. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so you know the trade deadline coming up um 
right now uh, a couple of questions and I want to preface this for you guys. Um, the first is what do the Suns need the most? Don't answer yet. Uh, the best trade assets for the Suns right now, Tyler Johnson's expiring contract, Aaron Baines, and they do own all of their future first round picks. Mark Stein tweeted on Thursday that the Suns have not ruled out trading Aaron Baines if a team meets their trade price, although uh, he did write that the team is not actively shopping him. Um, James Herbert of CBS Sports uh, listed five teams that should be going after Baines if the Suns do make him available. That's the Clippers, Jazz, Mavericks, Blazers, and Warriors. Uh, a lot to go on right there, guys. So there's your six questions and a bunch of talking points. I'm done. Go. Okay, so first of all, I, I wanted to list out what I did is I, a couple of days ago, I shared with some of the national media folks um, who um, I can interact with on Twitter, and I, I asked I asked them how they would rank the Suns' trade assets. Now I didn't put any of the juicy trade assets on this list. What I did is I put uh, the the tradable, the most likely tradable assets that the Suns could use this year without gutting their core. So I did not put Aiton on this list. I did not put Kelly Oubre on this list. Here's what I put. I found I got seven uh, trade eligible assets that the Suns could do this year. The first one is some protection on their first round pick, like top seven protected, top 10 protected, whatever. But uh, uh, where the Suns get to keep it if they get if they win the lottery. You got Tyler Johnson is 19 million expiring. That's number two. Aaron Baines and his five million expiring. That's number three. Three, Dario Sharich and his three million expiring to where he becomes a restricted free agent. Then Cam Johnson, Ty Jerome, and Elia Koba. That's seven trade assets where you're not including any of the top core guys. The Suns still have seven trade, seven easy trade assets. I asked some of my friends to see if they would rank those trade assets from a non-Suns fan, Suns fan point of view. Which asset do you think they most often listed last? The pick. The uh, uh, seventeen million dollar expire. Okay, so you say the pick, Greg, and and Tim said the expi exactly. Tyler Johnson is the worst of all those trade assets. Of all those, um, Aaron Baines is always going to be listed at, toward the top. The Suns' protected first round picks always going to be listed toward the top, and Sharich uh, actually was like around third. And then you get some combination of Cam, Ty, and Ellie. Uh, and then depending on what you're looking for. And then at the very bottom is Tyler Johnson's 19 million expiring uh, because, you know, because, because there's not a big free agent uh, pool this year. And so people don't need to clear out cap space. And also the contracts are shorter with a lot of guys right. that are making. Right. Right. So they're, so the teams that want freedom in 2021, which is when everybody's lined up all these Great players are lined up. They already have that freedom set up. So t adding Tyler Johnson doesn't help them as much as we wanted it to. Yeah, which is, uh, what which it, is what fun. It, it, what it could do, though, uh, is, uh, apologize for interrupting, Greg. Um, what it could do, though, is if you were to take a, a, a Tyler Johnson and a first-round pick and trade that for a good player, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. As long as you're willing to throw in some other good pieces then tyler johnson is just the vehicle to get you the salary matching all i'm saying is that in years past teams were looking for to clear salary cap to get themselves out of the luxury tech blah 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 this year 
Nobody needs to get that much under the luxury tax, and nobody is looking to clear space for this summer. That's what I'm saying. Well, and the other problem, too, is there's so many teams bunched up, especially in the Western Conference, still competing for a playoff spot. And with the trade deadline moved forward prior to All-Star instead of the way it used to be or after All-Star, it creates not a lot of teams that are probably going to be looking to be sellers. There's going to be some people looking to be buyers on the fringes, and maybe Andre Drummond gets moved to a contender potentially, but there's not going to be a lot of heavy selling in this trade deadline, which doesn't help when you have an asset like that too because there's not a lot of teams looking to, to jettison pieces as well. So that makes it even tougher. So did you guys, uh, I think we're in agreement now, collectively, the three of us and, and probably most uh, Suns fans as well, that what the Suns need the absolute most is uh, a backup point guard slash combo guard. Um, that can shoot. Right, that can yeah, they, shoot, right? They that need is, bench help. Shoot, right, they, shooting they need, point guard doesn't matter. They need bench help. Uh, but a guard, right? Like yes. not, not. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to assume, because uh, Monty already talked about Aaron Baines is going to be back in the coming days. He's on the verge of being uh, uh, available again. Same with Cam Johnson. Frank Kaminsky will eventually come back. I mean, they're they're. I don't know what the deal is with a, with a hairline fracture on a kneecap, but he's walking around with no brace, no, no um, wraps or anything like that. I think they're just waiting for it to heal. And then, Obviously, with bones, uh, you need to give it even longer than when the when the break is gone because it has to heal, heal. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna be patient with Frank. But even with all those guys healthy, where the Suns are really lacking is shooting and playmaking. So you've got that's absolutely Tim. I agree with you. That's got to be where they look at the trade deadline. You don't need to get a new Frank. You don't need to get a new Aaron Baines. You don't need to get a new Cam Johnson as a small forward power forward combo. What you need is shooting, and what you need is somebody who can back up Booker and uh, Rubio. And they can't get that for free. No. Right. But it's okay. You know, honestly, as we Unless they seen... want to sign Darren Collison. Hey, they, did, on, you steal, did you steal Tell my idea? Tell us what you think. Did you but, steal my... but what, <laughs> if, if this guy's coming back to be a play, <laughs> on a playoff contender, you really think that... That Darren Collison's gonna gonna want to come here, and no, we talked hear about Greg's opinion of signing Darren Collison. Period. A, a guy that beats his girlfriend. Yeah, I'd prefer him <laughs> not to be signed by the team that I root for. But you know, so yeah, well, so that know, hasn't we changed. Could, uh, shout out to uh, Derek Rose, right? I don't everyone, want to shout oh, out Derek every, Rose. Everyone collectively ignores that that happened. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, I will not ignore what happened. And no, I do not want Derek Rose on this team. I do not want Darren Collison on this team. I don't think Monty Williams wants those guys on the team either, unless there's something else about their characters that, that, that trumps domestic abuse. Um, so uh, I don't know okay. what that is. Trust but, me. Let, I'm not saying that there are traits that trump that. Um, to to get to get off obviously the the domestic abuse part of this, um, what should the Suns be willing to give up to get that piece that we've talked about that they so desperately need? Because as we were saying, you can't get that for free. You don't want to trade Aaron Baines. You'd like to just give up Tyler Johnson, and you know I don't know if you want to give up a first round pick, but they got to give up something. Depends if on, they're going to get this piece. Depends on who you're targeting. If it's the right piece, I give up a protected uh, first round pick to, to go get it. Because as we've seen over the last decade, 
opportunities to get in the playoffs aren't things that have been coming around very often here in Phoenix. And you're still in the uh, you're still in the race here. You're w- you're within striking distance of that eighth seed, and if that holds true as as the trade deadline comes along, I'm okay giving up a first round pick that's protected to try to move in and actually take a spot. You need to do no, it. But players. the player has to be somebody who's going to be under under team like uh, control is a terrible word because it sounds like uh, under contract or controlling, but under contract or under restricted free agency yeah. status impending, but not. So here's, here's, here's the toughest one for me is the absolute on in my mind, the absolute perfect player acquisition would be Bogdan Bogdanovich. And the reason I say that is because he is a playmaker. He's a shooter. He's got long arm. He's proven he can stay with people and defend on a on a reasonable basis. Um, he's going to be consistent because he's already old enough. He's already 26, so he's going to be a consistent player. He's not going to have ups and downs as much. Uh, the only problem with him is he is an unrestricted free agent this summer. Um, so you'd have to be willing to get into a bidding war to keep him. But you ha- you're going to uh, have the summer. money. I mean, well, you will have, have the. You can always, because obviously, as your own unrestricted free agent, got bird rights, so you can go over the cap, even if even if there isn't the cap space naturally. Um, and there are going to be few teams with a ton of cap space because they're holding it until 2021. So there is all that. I get it. But giving up, you'd have to give up really good assets to get the Kings to make a move on that because they think they are going to lose him. And here's the other thing is Bogdan wants to go to a team he can start for. So you would have to actually project that Devin Booker and Bogdan Bogdanovich could be the starters in the backcourt as Ricky Rubio ages out of, of that relevancy um, or at least give him the the hope that within the first year or two of his extension, uh, his new contract, he would be a starter. Do you see, do you guys see that as as uh, Bogey and and Booker could actually be a starting backcourt on a playoff team? I'm not entirely sure on that one. No. I, I'm so on that the would fence, be the but... thing, and and you'd have to get him to want to get in that situation with a long term contract and not grouse about it. He's already grousing about it with the Kings, and the starters ahead of him were Buddy Heald, who just got 110 million dollars, and um, De'Aaron Fox, who no one's going to usurp him in the starting lineup. Yeah, and but, Bogey was already saying he wants to start for them. But if he comes in, they they make a uh, you know they make it into the playoffs in that eighth seed this year. Maybe it's a hey, I like this group of guys. There's a chance to win here. I mean, but I'm thinking a changes. year or two down the road. So basically, he's going to go play for the next. I mean, if 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 he's win- well, I don't know about that. But you're right. You're right. They're they're the better teams already have a backcourt that they wouldn't start him in, and maybe right. that's a learning lesson for him when he enters free agency for sure. But, I get that. Yeah, but I, I guess, and, and going back to the start, you asked, what would you be willing to give up? If someone like a Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich would be made available to the Suns, I'd give up even more than those assets listed. I'd be willing to swap like um, even a Bridges or a, or a, or a you know, Kelly Oubre. Uh, corrupt corrupt yeah. killer. Uh, I just want to correct something. Uh, a YouTube listener corrected us about corrupt killer says that um, he is starting for the Kings right now, but he was moved to the bench. Well, okay, yeah, just for one game though, and they and they already said after the game when Buddy scored twenty eight points off the bench or something like that that it's not long term. So Bogdan <laughs> yeah. has not been made a permanent starter ahead of Buddy Heald 
He just is doing it now when Buddy Heald is not playing well. And then he came played well off the bench, so they're going to switch back. It's only been one game. Uh, so anything else on the uh, trade deadline coming up? Uh, Suns buyers, sellers? I, well, uh, let me talk about Aaron Baines for a second. I'd like to talk about Baines. He is definitely going to be wanted by teams, but he's going to be wanted for nothing. He's going to be wanted by, by playoff teams who have nothing to really give up. And um, while that could be attractive for future seasons and all that, I really think I'd rather just keep Baines and sign him to, you know, a two-year, $20 million contract this summer. Even though he hasn't played well in the past month, I think that's a lot of fatigue from having played so many minutes and, and for the national team as well. I don't think that's the best of Aaron Baines that we're seeing in January. Um, I think he's a great backup because of what he brings to the team, what he brings to the court. His coaches always miss having him on their team. And I think Monty would miss not having him. And DeAndre Ayton would miss not having him. He is a perfect mentor for DeAndre Ayton because he does all the things Ayton doesn't do well. And we've already seen great growth from Ayton on the defensive end this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with Mark Bryant, the assistant coach. And it also has to do with Aaron Baines being in his rotation. And I think the Suns have suffered without Baines when Baines has been out this past week or two. So I definitely don't think the Suns should train Baines unless they get a great asset back. And the teams that are going to want Baines are not going to want to give a great asset back. Okay, question. Uh, Utah Jazz, let's say they come knocking on the door and they say, uh, you know what, we want to trade for Baines. We want to have uh, the best defensive uh, front court for the full 48 minutes. And we would give you uh, Jordan Clarkson. No. Uh, go. no. Screw you, Jazz. We're not helping you win anything. That's what you say. I don't want, I don't, for some reason, I don't love Jordan Clarkson's game. I know he's a consistent scorer off the bench. Right, which but, is what we're talking about. I know, but I, I, I don't know. There's I something just feel about dirty helping the Jazz in any way. Um, I, uh, okay, if, uh, if we're, I think if unless they go on some major losing streak between now and the next, uh, and, and next weekend, they should be should be buyers, strategic buyers. They shouldn't just buy to buy, but all buyers. But, but but they should be looking to add to this team now. There's there's opportunities to potentially go big go go in big. You could call up the Bulls and go, what's it going to take to get Laurie Markkinen and maybe Sadoransky and solve your power forward and potentially that guard and shooting issue? That's a big gamble. I don't know. I, I I'm intrigued, but I don't know that that that's where you're going to push all your chips in. I don't know that that is. Uh, that is the long-term answer if that makes you uh, a, a long-term playoff contender. But it's certainly intriguing, and it's probably one of the bigger names that will be uh, be available there. And if you can convince them, if you're Sadoransky, you're getting that that shooting, uh, that backup guard th- that you need as well. And I'd be Sadoransky willing to... Sadoransky would be great, but why do we think the Bulls want to trade him? Well, I'm just saying they've they've said marketing, and if you're going to get in a discussion for marketing, then you go, okay, well, let's let's make this more interesting. Let's go, uh, let's add in Sadoransky. We'll up the ante a little bit. Maybe it's a non-protected first-round pick that you're getting, uh, whatever whatever it is. But uh, that's that's the situation I look at, and I say if the Suns are going to push their chips in the table, that's the team that you're going to look at and go, okay, they're sellers. They've already made it known that they are, and there's an opportunity that you could potentially get uh, answer a couple of the pieces that you're looking for if you're willing to make uh, make the right kind of deal there. 
the question is, do you think you can rehabilitate Laurie Markkinen's game to where he can be another young piece that helps helps you move uh, move into playoff contention the rest of this year and into into next year and the year after? Uh, that's that's where I'm stuck. I don't know that I that I 100% believe it, but if there's ever a coach that I think could wind up rehabilitating a guy like a Laurie Markkinen, it's it, it's Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. I think he could get him back uh, believing in himself and playing within his, with his own skill set where a Boylan in uh, in Chicago has just destroyed that that kid. No, um, I appreciate your your desire to have Laurie Markin and I think you're right that I'd rather have him than a Frank even though he and Frank have about the same stats. Um, however, Laurie Markin is hurt and will miss at least the next four to six weeks. So he's uh, not going to be traded by anybody. I'd still, well, I'd still guys... roll the dice, maybe, and that's true. We're not going to have Frank for four to six weeks well, either. Might as well. And you're looking at four, four weeks for two. So it could potentially be uh, a week when you look at it. if you acquire him at the deadline. Then you've got the All Star break. You're talking right after the All Star break. He's likely uh, back, so you could could work him in. I, I'd be all right with with taking a chance uh, on that because right now really you're you're likely going to have to roll the dice on something here if uh, uh if you if you try to go more all in on on something i don't think they will go big at this deadline i think they're going to eat at the fringes and try to find uh you know that that shooter that they can add to the bench and maybe a backup power forward that they could add to the bench uh, the last thing i want to see though is doing absolutely nothing I think uh, I think that would just be a shame with uh, with you within striking distance here. Uh, and uh, disrespect to Booker. Uh huh. Very much so. I think if uh, I think if you either sell or you do absolutely nothing, it is it is disrespectful with Booker to Booker. I think there's, in my opinion, my non-sourced opinion. I think there's a 95% chance the Suns make some kind of deal. I think there's probably a 90% chance that Suns fans will be underwhelmed. Oh, well, that's but always... That person still different. might make a difference because last year, what did he do? He swapped um, Trevor Ariza for Kelly Oubre, and people were like, who the heck is Kelly Oubre? Was he, uh, you could have got more. And then they bitched about the machinations of that trade forever. And then he swapped Ryan Anderson for Tyler Johnson. And last year's Tyler Johnson made a huge difference for the team. <laughs> I'd and still so, rather have this year's Tyler Johnson than uh, Ryan Anderson. Absolutely. You so would, so would anybody mouth. who's got Ryan Anderson under contract. <laughs> totally. He's still being paid 15 million this year, by the way, <laughs> Ryan Anderson. Um, so absolutely. And so I think it'll be one of those kind of trades where it's a, uh, a, a nothing for nothing kind of trade, but the guy might fit better and, all we need is some freaking points off the bench. So, and it would be great if it was somebody who can who can back up Booker and Rubio in playmaking. Uh, so we are coming up on about 70 minutes of the show. The part of wow. the episode that I was most excited for this week, especially Espo's Donkey Award. Well, I took it to the max this week and, and looked at a... A lot of things. I spent more than uh, seven seconds really looking into this and trying to decide on uh, on who should uh, should get a donkey award and uh, and uh, have, have really really dove deep uh, on uh, on uh, this. Uh, uh, 
you know, I gnashed my teeth thinking about who this could potentially be. Uh, uh, and then I stayed away from all, um, all landmines. And I hate to do this because I really like what Dwayne Rankin does. I know he's hardworking. Some of the videos he puts out there uh, are, are really good. I don't know Dwayne personally, Dave might, but uh, uh, Dwayne Rankin's getting the Dunkey Award this week. He tweeted out <laughs> on the 22nd, does Marcus Morris Sr. for Kelly Oubre Jr. deal make sense for the Suns? Oh, my God. And I about Marcus, put my okay, head so through a wall. Obviously, he wasn't around for the Morai. Uh, I get it. Obviously. But as but, a player, if there's no strings, no history, Marcus would be a good guy to have on a team. But now that we know Marcus, you know you don't want him on the team. Yes, but reporter. <laughs> look, it's a fact. Well, look, and a I get it, Dwayne. Look, I'm let, not going to. I like Dwayne. No, let, let, let me By make. Way, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. You can make you can say whatever you want about the decline of the republic and the decline of all these other media outlets, but they're all fighting for clicks and they're all told what to do by editors and they're all trying to just to get people back. The republic has lost a lot of business having it to go to subscription model and people aren't signing up for this stuff anymore. And I know if you still had Paul Coro, you'd feel like, oh, but we still have great journalism like The Athletic is actually doing uh, with Gina Mazel and, and Bob Young and all that. I get it. But uh, that's a bad situation there at the at the Republic um, uh, with I all agree. their union fighting and all that. They're put in a tough spot, and it's not really. I mean, Dwayne isn't the isn't the most egregious of the no. of the clickbait headliners no. on that team, um, no. and and that's not really Dwayne's game. Dwayne's no. game is to cover the team. His Look, game isn't to propose trades. I agree wholeheartedly, and I and that that was where I was was headed as well. I don't blame. Dwayne for this at all. This is a uh, a a symptom of a much larger problem that puts great writers like Dwayne in situations they should never be in. And to be fair to the piece as well, this was a rebuttal to something written in a New York uh, uh, website that he went through and he just looked at it and, and made the made the case about the situation and i'm pretty sure some headline writer made it sensationalized in the way yep. that it was so i don't blame Dwayne at all and 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 i just so let's make that very clear this is not an attack on Dwayne. i just found the tweet funny because simply hearing that that kind of a proposal creates a great deal of ps uh, ptsd for suns fans what i really appreciate about about what Dwayne has done this year. And I do want to, I do want to back him up a little bit here even more. I know, no, you're not ripping him. No, Greg, I get it. Yeah. But, um, the, the Republic folks have, have gotten a lot of flack over the last year. What I love what Dwayne's done is he's gotten around the paywall that he has no control over by tweeting out a lot of his work, uh, through videos and all that and sharing that for free on the Twitter. So if you get on, on Twitter, follow Dwayne Rankin, great coverage and you don't have to click through to the articles. He would love it if you do, because it helps him keep his job. But, um, uh, it, and those are good articles when you click through 99% of what he's got, he's not mm -hmm. doing clickbait stuff, nope. uh, because he's just covering the team as a real reporter. And he asks some of the best questions and he gets the best, sometimes some of the most real answers from the guys yes, too. It's tough to get real answers from guys. Um, and Dwayne somehow gets it because he's with the team constantly. He's with the team every day and they know he's not going to throw him under the bus. So, um, big power to Dwayne 
follow him on Twitter, and his name is Dwayne Rankin. He's with the Republic. You're right. That was a shitty clickbait article. It was po- <laughs> it was positioned in a way to make it clickbait that Dwayne might not have had as much control over as we want to think. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly, and I think it's sad that guys like Dwayne uh, are put in, in a position like that. And even if this was Paul Coro, who I sat next to for years, I would have given crap for the tweet, but that doesn't make any any less respect for the work. And I know I know Dwayne puts in the effort, and it's sad that, 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 these, that, that these businesses are putting uh, putting authors like this in this position. And I do love the way he gets around it. It's almost kind of a, you know, poking him in the eye by going, hey, I'm going to give you guys this great video content without having to send you to this site as well. So, But but the the tweet itself was one of those. It was like I, I wanted to throw my phone and it, it just, oh, just I know. reading. We it. all did. Which, which is the which is the essence of, of the donkey award. It's not it's not a a stamp on the, through, on the person. If he had lived through the Morai years, he wouldn't have even allowed that to go. <laughs> he would have well, I mean, done something no. to kill it. In in all seriousness, um, uh, uh, Marcus, if we if he hadn't played for the Suns and we didn't know him. And we right. were just looking at his skill set. Oh. He would be a damn good player to go. Yes, up. yes, no. I, it, it's a hundred percent about old wounds. It has nothing to do with the player. Right. He's an ass, and that's the problem. All right. If I if I had to take one of the Morai back, it'd be more Keith because he was low key a jerk. Marcus oh, no, was was it Marcus? <laughs> Uh, if, son, if I was forced to, kind of, kind of fucked them, right? No, they did not. No, they did not. They did not. Oh, they traded your brother. Right. Right. They 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 got them to sign contracts under their value with the promise that they play together. They traded his brother without telling him. I'm not saying the way they reacted. I'm just saying this. Like Ryan McDonough exactly have. He did they signed exactly. the damn contract. Right. Put on your big boy pants. You're no, an no, adult. No, no, no. Pants no. Guys, 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 contract. guys, guys, listen. Uh, Ryan McDonough, we can all agree, uh, was not great when it came to uh, personnel relationships. And Absolutely. the Suns could have handled that situation Look, differently uh, with the same trading result. And maybe it would have ended up. Uh, I, I think I think you're kidding yourself if if you think if they had called Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris and told them that this would have played out any differently, they were still going to be butthurt that they were traded uh, and that they weren't playing together. And it wasn't, it wasn't Ryan that signed him to that deal. That was Lon that, that it came Lon Babby that yeah, came up with the split Ryan your money. The yeah. Next, yeah. The next several months. Yeah. Like I, I, I think this plays out exactly the same way, even if they call them and they go, hey, guys, we're trading uh, Marcus, you know, and, and then I still think Marcus is, is angry at them and Markeith throws a, a pity party because that's just who these guys were. That, that, that's just the bottom line with the Morai. This, that was just who they were. All right. So coming up on uh, 80 Minutes, I think today was a pretty fun episode, though. We had a- Pun to talk about. This has yeah. been fun. This has been really fun. I hope everyone appreciates the the uh, the time we put together, and I uh, appreciate the YouTube folks for tuning in while we're recording. Yeah, yeah. giving us a, a, over an hour of your time every single week. We yeah. can't thank you enough. Uh, so for uh, myself, Dave, and Greg, we will see you guys next Saturday morning. Um, 
7 o'clock Arizona time if you want to join us live on YouTube. Otherwise, you can subscribe to the podcast anytime and listen at your uh, leisure. And to all the burner accounts out there, we love you. Good night. (laughs) Hey, guys, it's Espo back to remind you that there are many ways that you can support this show. Uh, you can start by following us on Twitter, you know, following us at Sun Solar Panel. Leave a five-star review. That's right, five-star review. You probably remember when I used to do that. We might even read it on the show. You can click the link in the bio and leave us a voicemail and, and support the show that way. Or you can go to sunshirts.com, buy a shirt. Or, you know what, there is another way. There's, I told you, there's so many ways to support this show and keep Dave uh, uh, with getting his Geritol, get Tim to get his glasses, keep me feeding my daughter, however you want to look at it. You can help uh, help the show out. You can donate uh, as well. If you click the link in the show notes, you can donate one, five, ten dollars uh, to the show, and it is greatly appreciated as it helps us keep doing this. This is a passion project for Dave, Tim, and I. We all uh, do other things, but we love connecting with you, the Suns fans, twice a week. So support us, sunshirts.com. You can donate, follow us, leave a five-star review, however you want to do it. We appreciate you. And you know what? If you donate 10 bucks, Tim's going to send you some sun's, uh, solar panel swag. I don't know where he's getting it. It's probably some shady place that that he knows about out there in Florida, but it's cool stuff, so uh, donate. Thanks again, uh, Greg here, and Tim and Dave also appreciate you. It's Sun Solar Panel. You can support us, sunshirts.com, or leave a donation.